0: Welcome to Sunday Extra. Hi, I'm John Scott. My friend Arash Kamiar from MetroJacksonville.com discussing renewable energy with Matt Willis. So currently you are, what do you do now?
1: I'm working at Miller Electric Company okay. as energy solutions developer. So we deal in energy efficiency solutions. Okay. So just kind of turnkey operations for uh, networks, data centers, Everything from data centers on out to renewable energy build outs of solar farms and that kind of stuff. We're which is
0: a, yeah, we're a so small new group. So Which is so when you told me that Miller Electric was getting into solar or has been in solar, how long have they been doing solar?
1: Um Miller built uh, the only solar farm that JEA has on the ground right now. Um in two thousand ten they completed that. Okay. And that was a 12 megawatt solar farm at the time. Can you tell me what that means when 12 megawatts? 12 megawatts. Okay. So basically, if you picture a watt in a light bulb, right? Okay. Okay. So a typical incandescent, which is like the old school light bulbs that are really hot. Yeah. You know, those, a 100 watt light bulb is something that you would find in your kitchen, right? From an incandescent sense. Right. So a thousand of those is a kilowatt. Okay, so a 1, 1,100-watt light bulbs okay. is a kilowatt. So then you magnitude. It's a hot, bright It's kitchen. a <laughs> hot, right
0: thing. So you amplify that by a 1,000, okay. and you have a megawatt. But megawatt, what does one megawatt, does that power one house for like one minute? Like what does one megawatt do?
1: One megawatt is roughly, uh, I want to say 120 homes. 120 homes a day? Um, yeah, you pretty much would call it a day for a 24 hour period.
0: Okay. So if you have a 12 megawatt farm, you are doing over a thousand. Cool. So they're into solar farms and they're doing that more and more. Um, yeah. Miller is looking to build more
1: out. Um, J a is looking to diversify their portfolio a little bit and build some out here locally from, you know, aside from Miller, that's, a that's something, obviously, solar is becoming something in the southeast now.
0: So it feels like uh, JEA, um, they want to expand solar, but at the same time, it feels like they're attacking solar. Um, based on homes that are uh, installing solar panels, they're de-incentivizing the build-outs, it seems like. Yeah, so
1: what what you're touching on is the net metering situation. And uh, are you familiar with net metering or what that attack kind of line is or or what? I I am, but I want you to explain it. Okay. So basically what, what net metering is is where a customer would put a solar array on their home or any type of energy system on their home. And then whatever power they provide or produce, it is bought back from the utility. So that's essentially what net metering is. It's a buyback of power from the customer. To date, what JEA had put on the table in 2009 as legislation was that they would buy back at the going utility rate for the customer. And is that typical across the country? Do you know? It is. in In many states had established that earlier, even like as far back as 04, I believe, is when net metering really started like kicking off with the solar industry and stuff. But there's also been a lot of contention back and forth with multiple states I mean, So, so we'll just
0: so it's a one mess- to one ratio with yeah. one and that's what it is right now in Jacksonville, but JEA is saying, uh, that, no, like we want to we want to buy you at wholesale and we want to sell you at retail. Exactly, which
1: okay. it, so there's a different fight, you know there's a different different chicken in every fight, you know and from their point of view, it's it's that they own and run the grid. Right, they own and run the transmission lines that it takes to move that power, and so they want to fee people essentially for using that
0: grid. But, so, but isn't there something to be said about the homeowner? They have purchased and taken on the expense of producing essentially, they have a little energy power plant, yeah, and so they have to bear that cost. And so, it seems like maybe that could be somewhat of a break even. Yeah. Does, does JEA – I mean they must be of the opinion that they don't need their energy. Exactly,
1: exactly. Okay. And and truth be told, th- that's exactly the truth is <clears throat> JEA doesn't really need their energy. The further down the road we get as we look into the national platform for energy, utilities are going to be decentralized essentially and they're going to be – Running the grid—that's what—that's what their value add will end up being—is a management of energy.
0: So you think big giant power plants—that's—they're antiquated.
1: It is it, the model is is a hundred years old and it's starting to show its age, you could say. And people are having access to these capable power systems for their own homes. When when the energy storage market opens up,
0: it's it, all over. It's all over. So cuz then you have a solar you have solar panels and then you can store your energy. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And that allows customers to now say no more utility. I'm going to do this on my own or have the security sense and utilize the utility's backup power. And so that's what the fight is for JA Only Charging Wholesale is they're saying that the grid is acting as a storage device.
0: So it looks like they're pushing they're maybe unintendedly pushing towards decentralization. Yeah, exactly. Because I think as a homeowner, if I spent the twenty thousand dollars for my solar panels, I might spend the extra five thousand for storage. I mean, I don't know if that's even doable right now. Not right, not at the moment. Why? Why not? It's it's uh the battery technology is still super
1: expensive. Okay. Um, so, so how much? So if I was to use storage, how much would that cost me? I, you know, I haven't even priced out a okay. residential Tesla. Just cut their what was it? I believe it was a, a ten kilowatt battery system because they found that the seven kilowatt is more efficient um that's interesting technology is just it's that side of it to get it sizable for a home and and not take up your entire garage for battery storage that's still evolving and but it's on the cutting edge and it's coming and it's coming quick you know it's a it's it's cool. I mean, shoot, when we're able to supply our own power and not be tied to anyone and not pay the utility, it kind of becomes a more, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to use the term conservative, but it becomes a more independent, uh, government's out-of-my-back-pocket approach to… Oh man, he
0: just got the entire tea party to, to yeah, buy solar panels. Exactly, man. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and and that's the game is, is that…
0: Energy should be your own choice.
1: And we're we're coming to an age where it can be.
0: It seems like the only reason someone would do solar panels right now is love for the idea of renewables. Because I don't think you're making bank. I mean, the idea, I mean, it pays for itself in 20-some years, something like that. Yeah. And the, the only reason to do it then is because you believe in it anyway. I, I, I agree with you there. I mean,
1: there's not a financial incentive to really – I retract that statement, that. honestly, okay. because – with the ITC, the investment tax credit that you get, which okay. is still 30 percent through 2019, you can still recoup a lot of your costs, okay. which brings your payback down. And everyone will tell you, oh, the payback of that solar array is, you know, it's ultimately going to be 15 years and, and you don't get paid back on it. But you can see the likes of a is payback. Is that a federal program? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the ITC is. And uh, that that extended for all renewables, basically. Um, including, including for the gas lobbyists around, including CHPs and natural gas systems that are energy, more energy efficient than burning heavy diesel or, or low sulfur diesel or, or the standard oils, you know? Okay. So, uh, it's great. It's 30% back. It's, it's a, it does create an economic incentive for some people that feel more like what you just mentioned. You know I mean? Okay. It's still like you said though it's a warm fuzzy feeling that's driving people to do it right now and people that believe you know and so uh yeah it's it's an interesting market it, well I'll give you one real quick okay man. this one's funny as hell so um, there are roughly I think nine hundred and forty seven electric vehicles in Jacksonville right now nine hundred and forty seven there's only like 520 rooftop solar arrays in Jacksonville. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that so just, it's not even
0: a lot. So it baffles I, me, man. It, it baffles me too that JEA is making this an issue. And I think I read yeah. one of our contributors on Metro Jacksonville wrote, the amount of revenue that we're talking about here is $500,000. JEA is a, a billion-dollar corp, corporation, quote-unquote, whatever you want to call them. So I'm, I'm curious – and I think you kind of spoke to it already. Like, what is it that they're hedging? You know, they, they know something is up. Like, the fact that they would make this a deal tells me something something is lurking and that they're afraid of. Yeah, and, uh, and this presented
1: itself, uh, man, I want to say maybe, I don't know, a year or two ago with the impending doom that Solar City was going to come in and be this independent power provider. Right. they were going to come in and just cover the whole city with solar arrays all over all these roofs and then they have control of power production is so solar city a company what is solar, solar yeah solar okay. city is a company based out of San Diego okay um, Elon Musk owns it it's uh, okay. uh, so it's a one of his ventures um, his I believe his cousin or it's his cousin brother-in-law or, or someone is is the current CEO.
0: So this is an old school battle for Monopoly.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, completely. Okay, completely. Okay. If, I mean, if you want to talk candidly about it, yeah, yeah okay. man. And that's the, the that's the beauty of of uh, not like not being on the record for anyone, but talking of myself right now. You know, I'm just talking to you, so it's a uh,
0: and the millions of
1: listeners and the, out there, the <laughs> multi
0: billions of <laughs> listeners. <laughs> It's so solar city, solar city was supposed to come into Florida. Have they?
1: Well, no. And, and the 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 part, the the part there is that we are a regulated state. So the utilities—that's how Florida keeps the the utility rates so low—is because of regulation. So it you can't bring in an independent power provider and then just say, "Oh, I'm going to dump you in," and all of a sudden they're going to start producing power for everyone. So they were trying to bust that up a couple years back. And if I think
0: they solar city yeah, was trying to bust up the regulations the, the industry.
1: Yeah. The okay. solar industry was okay. coming in as a, as a whole
0: and trying, so to, they were trying to remove the regulations that exa- kept our prices low, which exactly. could maybe speak to why they didn't get public support.
1: Yeah. Or it, I, I totally agree with you there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was a, it's change. Right? right and then it's becoming free market which then can shoot your prices through right. the roof you right. know and that's scary to that people that is very
0: scary cuz i don't want to pay more for energy yeah
1: exactly right. but if you have the right sources of energy you're not going to be paying more but let me okay. ask you this okay in in are you like energy studied guy is that no i wouldn't call myself i don't even know what that means okay. but no so so for like just the lay public right who what would your take be on energy sources regionally throughout America, let's say right now. I don't even know what
0: your question means. What I'm saying is that
1: <laughs> what would you recommend as a layperson for – if you broke up the country into small regions, what would you recommend as a source of power for those regions? I have no idea. So what I'm asking. Okay. That's exactly what I'm asking. Okay. So in in theory, as much as logic, it would make sense to – use a source of energy that's close to the population center or whatever else that you're working with, right? So, I mean, if if it's the same reason why you put a a solar array on your home because you can harness the power right there at your house and produce your own power, right? You want to produce it close to the source, close to home. Why is
0: that? What's the value in that? Logistics, right?
1: I mean, movement of material, movement of energy. Every time you move energy over a distance, you have –
0: there's Drunk. a loss of energy. Loss so it's like energy. carrying water in a bucket. Exactly. Okay. Exactly.
1: So when you think of it in that principle, uh, the Northeast, what, what would your take be, uh, in let's say Pennsylvania, what type of energy would you say?
0: I feel like you keep asking me these questions and I will not have an answer yeah. for you. Let's, I want to get into windmills, but I want you to finish your thought process. Okay. So, so where, where we're headed here is that I'm a proponent for
1: using the natural gas in the Northeast. There's a huge shale play in the Northeast. The Appalachian Mountains are one of the, the, the oldest chain of mountains on the planet. There's a massive amount of gas in the Northeast. Use it at the source. Tap it and utilize it there. It's a great source of heat. It's a great source of electricity. And you can power plenty of people off of it. Is that what they're using in the Northeast? It's, it's a portion of the mix, okay. sure. But we don't need to build a new nuclear plant in the Northeast. It doesn't make logic sense. I want to
0: talk a little bit about nuclear... Yeah, but and, but go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, and I was gonna say, you know, in the southeast, having a lack of anything but water, when you really think about it, and Florida and the lower, the lower delta and, and the lower basin down here in in the wetlands and stuff, you don't have a lot of elevation to utilize that water, so you can't really create hydroelectric dams to speak of, and then ruin the rest of the ecosystem. Don't even get me started on the whole supply chain of energy, but it's a uh, nuclear does make sense in certain areas. The Southeast is a prime area for nuclear when you really think about it. Um, if you look at France, they've got pretty much 92% of their entire energy is supplied. But the by fear nuclear. of
0: nuclear is nuclear waste. It is. And that's so you have this waste that you can, I mean, it's toxic and it never goes away.
1: It is. And they've been researching that. Uh, I was just reading actually in science um, last week. The disposal of – so the breakdown in nuclear, you have uh, uh, basically three elemental constituents that come out of nuclear that you can't dispose of in a a friendly manner that lasts for thousands and thousands of half-life years, right? So they're around forever, you know? Right. And we're saddled with that. That is. That's a major, major problem. They're learning how to break some of those elemental chains apart and be able to efficiently dispose of some of that chemical waste. So the research is on the table. Cart before the horse, you know, do you go ahead and build it and then still keep on trying to research and figure out how to dispose of it? Well, how much waste does it produce? I'm not sure on that. Okay. I, don't, I don't know on the, on the volumetric side okay. of, of what we're talking there, but from a, from a population side to, you know, bang for your buck, power for the punch – it, it does make sense in somewhere like the southeast to have a nuclear station. Okay. Um, but that being said, we could actually power everything on the east coast by the wind belt in the middle of the country if we just had the correct transmission grid to support that.
0: Before we get into the grid. Yes. I want to touch base about wind. Yes. So wind is your energy baby. That's how <laughs> is that a correct way to put it? Like yeah, that's it That's is. the one you cradle and love? Like, why do you like that more than solar?
1: I think there's a beauty in wind that is, is exponential in nature um, by a magnitude of three every time you increase the size of your wind turbine. So from a small wind turbine, every time you amplify that by – I've forgotten the ratio of, of diameter of your wind turbine, you're upping your, your power supply by a magnitude of three. So it, it grows exponentially. That's why the turbines are getting so large, because they can produce so much more power. But how many Blue Jays have to die to build one <laughs> well, turbine? That's, that's actually being completely taken care of. And they're how? the true tree huggers that have studied and, and figured out uh, different, different um, um, technological advancement mechanisms to where they can scare the birds away from the towers and or control oh, it's, the- it's
0: just a scarecrow isn't it it or is it's it is, It's a big scare- <laughs> sitting right on top
1: of the turbine man it's uh it's it's something else um it's something else when it comes to that because there is it, it's pushing technology to, to new limits you know i mean from a wildlife perspective you know my wife she's a zoologist and studies animals and all that kind of stuff and and that's that's part of the technological advancement over in that field is learning how to divert migratory patterns or just push birds away from wind towers. And when you integrate that into the, the, the network of the tower mechanism, all of a sudden the control room for the wind farm can control different pitches and change you know, what speeds they're going at or, or just all sorts of advancements are coming out of this. There's one uh, technology right now that reads all the birds in the area and what by shape, basically, right? By sonar and, and shape, it reads the shape of the bird. And then all of a sudden, it tells you whether it's an eagle, which is really what everyone's concerned about. If I'm concerned be, about the
0: finches. Is it, the, I, yeah, exactly. The finches, those are the little ones that get yeah. caught up. You know, they just make little specks on the turbine when, when it's like a gnat on the windshield, yeah, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so. So the windmills actually, they've they 're implementing the technology that reads the bird so what does that mean so an eagle is flying towards a windmill windmill goes hey that's that's an eagle yep let's stop yep exactly and it let's can rear rea- down at least okay so, it, but, so if, that, in a, but in a farm of like
1: dozens of windmills you have to understand a, a wind turbine farm is acres upon acres underneath one stanchion so what's this st- post okay. that holds the turbine okay. up so you have hundreds of those out there sure but they're spaced so far apart that you can gear down an entire group and that's what there's a microgrid network within all of those they're all networked to one control
0: room so if it was up to you would you be shifting more towards wind as a country or would you want to see that that's a better source of energy or you think it's a mix i think
1: i think it's a mix but yeah i would love i would love to see us harness the available wind. It's from my climatology background, it's so the sun packs a punch. The sun when it hits the ground is a thousand watts per square meter. Right? That's that's a good source of energy to harness. But the atmosphere is always in flux. Wind is always being created. No matter where you are, there's gonna be wind that's created. You have doldrums, you have the horse latitudes, you have all these other places. But in America, fortunately, we have we witness it every week in Florida when a front passes through, right? And the Midwest witnesses it all the time as a front passes through the country. We only have one really kind of spot that doesn't get fronted, like frontal wind boundaries, and that's kind of down in the southwest around Southern California. But they get different temperature transfers because they're just a rock base and the air above and, and all the rest of that fun stuff. So you can harness wind everywhere in America, offshore, for the Carolinas and the Northeast could supply every bit of power for the Northeast, and they could actually, if you did a spine all the way down the East Coast of wind turbines, just all the way through. So why why not? Why wouldn't that happen? Oh man, it's been a lobby. It's been a I lobby. I mean, is this effort. just
0: is this just a political battle? Like, what are the legitimate concerns about creating a spine of windmills down the East Coast that would supply energy? You're battling big oil, it, and it's it's. Ta- and what what would big oil? Big oil wouldn't say. Well, we want to make money. They would say windmills, these are the detriments to it. What are the cons of of having a windmill farm? They I mean they fight with
1: everything from cost, which is ludicrous in my eyes when they spend billions upon billions of dollars on individual platforms to go drill with and exploration equipment and everything else. The capex on that is ridiculous. And that's subsidized too, by the way. But Just it's a nightmare, man. I mean, it's the oil companies just fighting a progressive, not progressive. I hate using that word, but just an advancement of change to an energy source that can be harnessed. You know, I mean, it's not in their back pocket. It's not lining their pocketbooks. Companies like like uh, Deepwater and and. and
0: But these companies have the money to get into the industry. It's been a
1: true fight. That's been one of the biggest battles for the industry is the equity battle. Is, is finding the capital to, to get these things done a lot of these projects have been put on the table and presented and then backed and then dropped incentives aren't there and then
0: all right so the company like Deepwater they say why they go we have an opportunity to make a lot of money creating a spine of windmills down the east coast right why wouldn't they do it and you're saying it's because the subsidies that the government gives them for drilling are not the same for building windmills
1: precisely. Precisely, and they're not fixed. They're not they they come and go, right? So, and that's that's where that purely political battle happens. All that I won't I won't say it in any other way, but all the believers that climate change doesn't occur or hasn't occurred, which climate and weather are two different things, by the way. But
0: it is cold <laughs> in April. We had some cold days. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> but uh, all those
1: naysayers are uh, are very eager to say know when it comes time to to present an incentive for something like that
0: so if we removed all energy subsidies as a nation oil wind whatever right where would the energy industry go where would it go that's a great that's an
1: awesome question thanks man i I love that no that that really is that's a solid question it's like it's a forecasting and foresight question when you really think about it economies of scale have given The wind and the solar energy business and market a fair shot nowadays uh, to where basically your what they call your eroi your energy rate on investment is is right there along with oil and gas and so i think that's where you get that uh, decentralized power source that i was talking about earlier where it makes a lot of logic sense for the Northeast to have a gas play. It makes a lot of sense if the transmission grid is supported to utilize the wind in the middle of the country. And and even now, I mean, Texas, the most, you know, uh, uh, to the right of a middle state that you could find, uh, is heavily subsidizing wind, and they're actually the wind capital of America. Oh, and yeah. Lubbock, Texas is oh, the wind capital of America.
0: That's very interesting.
1: So it's uh, or the you know what they like to call the wind capital of America. So it's, it's
0: Chicago's in the, all like, wait a second, know, we're right? the Windy City. What <laughs> exactly? So yeah, I think
1: you're going to find um, geothermal is going to start making another advancement again. I, I think that if you removed all of those subsidies, it would be in the greatest economic interest of the investor that was paying for the system to harness what energy source was most affordable in their area and when it comes to a frac rig and the time spent exploring underneath the earth versus throwing a wind tower up with a turbine on top of it i think you're going to come oh up, that's so interesting i think you're going to come yeah. up with a a you know a cost benefit analysis of each and and in certain locations maybe they punched a couple of holes and found a great spot, and you'll have a small power plant there. And in other locations where they didn't have rigs out to explore, it's a lot more cost effective because they can actually erect a turbine there. So it's, it would be a case by case, you know, energy platform basis. We have that's the greatest part about it now is the amount of diversity and technology that we can harness. You know, I mean, that's the beauty of it at this point. Is uh, it's legislation that was passed, you know, in the past, I'll say it, you know, eight or 10 years and actually 10 years. I I had to say that. Well, it's 2016. So 11 years now has allowed for this to become an economies of scale approach to where it makes it viable to use all these technologies and it's advanced those technologies Because there have been subsidies that have stuck for long enough to inhibit growth within those industries.
0: Just speaking, there was Matt Willis about renewable energy talking to our friend Arash Kamiar from MetroJacksonville.com.